way that you can that you have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, the presence is it's very tangible. It's very tangible, but you have to be spiritual in order to tap into it. Yes, must. That's a must. It's very tangible, but you have to be spiritual to tap into it. Um, when you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, when you think about the spirit as being the the the, the number one entity mm-hmm. uh, of us producing or giving God uh, a glory. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of it from that standpoint, um, do you think there's any way to do it without worship? Do you think no. there's any way to do it without praise? No, and I say that because worship is acknowledging God. That is what worship is when you acknowledge mm-hmm. him. You're saying, I need you. You're saying, I I can't do this life without you. When you worship him, you're simply acknowledging him. I know we sing songs and I know we clap and I know we shout and I know we do all of those things, but there is something called true worship. When we read the Bible and and, and the um, Bible talks about people worshiping God, it says that they fall at his fall at his feet or Jesus feet or they fall fall down bowing. That there's there's something about being in the presence of God that will literally make you weep, or bring you to your knees. It will bring He will bring you to your knees, and when you know, and I believe that's how you know you're in the true presence of God, because you can't stand in the presence of God, prideful and with your wish list of this is what I want and this is what I need. When you're in the true presence of God, there's a humbling spirit. About yourself. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, for a person that doesn't know anything about the presence of God, a person that's just, they just coming into it and, and, and they don't really know how mm-hmm. to, how to engage in something that they've never been a part of. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand how to, if you will, navigate the spiritual waters of worship, of praise, of, mm-hmm. of of walking into the presence of God and receiving it. What what kind of um what would be the best advice that you could give to somebody that ha- that doesn't know what the presence should be or should feel like? Well, when I when I read my Bible, it tells me that the presence of God gives you joy and rest. There is a peace that comes over you when you are in the true presence of God. You you cannot be in the presence of God feeling agitated, frustrated, irritated, annoyed. You may come in that way, but when you really come into the presence of God, he is who he says he is. He is love. He's joy. He's peace. He's kindness. All of those things, you will feel wrapped around you. And so if I was to give someone advice, it would be to, number one, come humbly. Humble yourself. 
Because you must know that you are approaching the throne. I agree. You're approaching the throne. He sits on the throne. The earth is his footstool. So if you come into the presence of God, understanding that you need him, I hope that you want him, and you just talk to him as your father. Once you've been in the presence of God long enough, your whole demeanor will change. There's no, there's no, uh, pretense of oh well let me make sure I'm doing all the right things and saying all the right things you have to bring your heart you're bringing your heart to God mm -hmm. if I can say it that way you're coming with your truth you're coming with what's had you hindered what's been holding you down what's had you bound the things that you haven't been able to get rid of your cycles all of those things you come with your truth you come with your heart because he knows your heart already he does and because he knows your heart already, you can't come to him lying. <laughs> you, you, you can't come to God and think that you're going to just tell him what you want him to know. Like we do people. Mm -hmm. You really have to understand that he is your father. He is your creator. He is the one that knows your heart. So with God, you can't fake it till you make it. You can't fake it till you make it. What you have to do is you have to come, like you said, humbly, mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. Yes. You, you have to come to him in a way that uh, that first degrades you mm -hmm. and that exalts him. Well, I won't say degrade, but listen. Well, <laughs> I won't say degrade. Well, I mean, God because, does love us. Because but. people do come prideful. They, they do, do. They do come with, um, because we have always been taught. To, to be confident in everything you do, mm -hmm. you, you got to make, you got, you got to look, you have to appear to be the part. But your confidence you know? is in God, but, not in yourself. Yes, that's right. Our confidence is not in us. It is in who is able to deliver us. Absolutely. It is in who is, who is, who has already done the work. So if, <clears throat> so if I was, um, if I were to, say that um I'm coming in I'm coming into the presence of God and I'm yielding over my will for his and I'm starting to become who God has created me to be but I hit a wall how do I get past that wall sometimes because, you have to wait on God because I understand that a lot of times in the the movement of the church that people they they, they do good and they advance and they mm -hmm. grow and mm -hmm. and there comes a point in time where they hit a wall and and they can't just seem to get past that wall they mm -hmm. can't seem to get past that 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 stuck place mm -hmm. and they're still trying to grow but but it seemed like nothing's happened it's, it seemed like it, nothing is going the way that you want it to go um, so what would you, what, what advice would you give to somebody that has hit a brick wall and, and, and can't seem to move forward, move forward? I get it because I've been there and done that. And I think we all, if we are honest in our faith walk, um, sometimes we do hit that brick wall. And what I've learned is that we have to wait on God. Sometimes 
You know, we we we're good for saying he may not come when you want him, <laughs> but he's always on time. And that is that is so true. Sometimes you have to wait because he's trying to mature us. Sometimes there's something that we haven't gotten yet or matured in yet that he's saying, I need you to get it. I need you to get it. You can't move forward and you're going to remain stuck, whether you're in um, unforgiveness, whether you're in doubt, whether you're not believing him. First of all, he can't come through unless you're believing him. Mm -hmm. You must believe when you come. And so I think our mindsets, a lot of times I think when we hit that brick wall, it's because we have not changed our mind about God. We have not shifted into the place and to the presence and to the atmosphere and into the word of God, really believing the word of God, that what it says is true. You know, when you said that, it said, uh, <clears throat> the Bible says that uh, if any man come to me, he must first believe he that must I first. am. Mm -hmm. And that I'm a rewarder mm -hmm. of them that diligently seek me. Yes. You know, and I think that sometimes um, we look for God's hand, but we don't need to look for his hand. He said, if you would diligently seek me, mm -hmm. then, then I would do this. Yes. He said, I'm a rewarder if you seek me. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to do what it is that needs to be done. But you have to seek me. That's right. But and, and and because of that, the whole relationship with God in itself is about changing your heart. Yes. So sometimes we yes. haven't changed our heart. We haven't had conviction. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because we have not been in his presence. We have not spent time with him. We have not prayed. We have not done read his word. We have not done the things of God. But then we expect God to do what he's supposed to do, regardless if we do what we're supposed to do. And so we but we're at also a, have to understand we, we have grown accustomed to God being faithful. But mm -hmm. we are not. That's right. That's right. He's gonna always be faithful. But then when he removes his presence from you because this is the thing about presence that I want to really go into is that sometimes I think we think just because we prayed we're we've been in his presence <laughs> you know what I mean mm -hmm. just because we pray we've been in his presence oh well I I spent 15 minutes with God and there's nothing wrong with the amount of time that you spend with God because that is your personal relationship only you know where you are in that relationship. But it should be that valuable time. Rather, it should be a valuable time. Or rather it's five hours. That's right. It should be valuable time. And um I want to read some scriptures just to just to show you a little bit how we can uh misguide the word into thinking that just because God is always here and he never changes that we get the benefit of his presence regardless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in Jonah, let's just thinking about the story of Jonah. In Jonah chapter 1 verse 10, it says, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. He said, Yes, I'm running. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Jonah knew exactly what he was doing, but his, him running from the presence of God was because of his disobedience, just like Adam and Eve. It said in Adam and Eve in Gen- Genesis 3 and 8, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So both of those scenarios tells me that when you are disobedient, you will hide from the presence of God Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be dealt with. You don't want to be convicted of anything. You don't want to, to, for God to have to uh, punish you (laughs) or, 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 you know, get, or, or to suffer the consequences of your disobedience. What what do you feel about that? Because I I I hadn't looked at those uh, scriptures in in the place of being in the presence or not being in the presence of God. So you got Jonah who ran from the presence, mm-hmm. and you got Adam and Eve who hid from his presence. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? When you talk about Adam and Eve, these were people that could see God. Yes, I mean these were people that had. Uh, conversation with God. I'm right. talking like face to face like you yes. and I have conversations. Um and to to hide from something like that. I mean, from where we are right now, as being a people that has never seen God, mm-hmm. has has never interacted with God, mm-hmm. you know, for us, that that's that's a hard blow. Yeah. It's hard for us to even understand how they can go that far mm-hmm. as to hide from them. Yeah. Uh, now we have never seen God and sat down and 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 talked with God in that manner. Not in that manner. That's right. Not walking in the, in the cool of the day, <laughs> every day. So what what yeah. I'm what I'm what I'm looking at is when when you have when you are accustomed to a thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean as much. Right. Right. And, and and that's the type of people that we have become mm. when, when we have been accustomed to uh, uh, walking with God and talking with God and God doing all this and telling us all these things. We have to remain humble. We have to remain in that in that posture, in that position, because at any moment it could be gone. Okay. And I think that we as a people, we don't really understand that until it happens to us. Mm. Until it happens to us, but when it happens, it's it's like it don't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It it happens by and by, yeah. And you find yourself out <laughs> there by yourself, lost completely. Yes, you find yourself out by yourself, right? And I think that as a um, as a body of believers, as a people, um, when we do understand. The reason why Jonah was running. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was from the presence of the Lord because it was a place that he didn't want to indulge in. Mm-hmm. It was something that he felt in his heart that the people should not be um have the they they shouldn't have the ability to receive the goodness of God you know, from because of the people who they were, because yes. of who they were. Yes. Yes. And when you look at it from like that, you look at it like they don't deserve mercy. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve grace. God, why would you send me to a people? I know what you're going to do. Why would you do that <laughs> to me? Because they are not worthy, God. They they did all these things. You've seen them. I know about it. Who else knows about it? 
and you just going to forgive them? God, that ain't right. Mm -hmm. But Jonah was playing God. He was. And God was just merely saying to Jonah, who are you to say who I can and I can't forgive? That's right. Who are you to say who I can and who I can't save? Mm -hmm. I'm God. Yeah. You jumped on the ship and you <laughs> ran away from me in my presence. In the opposite direction. But I prepared a fish for you. Mm -hmm. And the same mercy I'm going to give to those people, I'm going to give to you. Mm -hmm. Go speak my word. And he provided the message. You know, I think that when we understand that, 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 that the presence of God is the most precious thing that we can ever obtain, when we understand, and, and you'll only understand that truth fully by not having his presence. Mm. You'll you only that understand right. that fully when you don't have his presence anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you'll see how precious it was from day one. You'll see how, 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 how hard it is oh, to get yeah. back to what once was. And it's not that people are steady chasing after what was, but it's the best place that they ever been. Well, I can speak on that as far as my own life, my own testimony of um, being too comfortable with God and taking his, his presence for granted because you do get used to him whispering into your ear in the morning. You get used to, you know, um, the warnings. You get used to the, the instructions and the directions, and you just automatically know that he's there for you. You know that he is, you are his child, and he's going to protect you at all costs. Rather that's telling you, no, don't go to this store, go to this store. Rather that's telling you, um, no, don't don't buy that or don't eat that. You know, and so when you get used to that, um, for me, it was, I stopped praying and I would say, oh, well, I'll do it later or I'll do it at this time or I'll do it at that time. And when you start doing that, that's where the enemy then has legal access mm -hmm. because you have, he has, uh, not, I'm not going to say he has, you have cut off communication with God. He didn't go anywhere. He's the same God yesterday and today. So he's not, he, he didn't leave you because his word says he would never leave or nor forsake you. And he cannot be a lie. So it's us who turns our back on God or treat him as if he's mere human <laughs> and say, oh, well, he'll be all right. I'll be back later. You know, and so when I found myself not being in the presence of God, not, and I, and I knew I was off and I knew that I was wrong. And I knew that it had to start with leaving prayer. It started with leaving prayer. It wasn't about a fast. It wasn't about reading at that time. It was about leaving prayer. And when you cut off that communication and you stop that dialogue with God, then you find yourself alone and lost. And you say, how did I get here? You know, and for me, if I was going to say, <clears throat> if I was going to try to convey to you about uh, 
the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk about uh, scriptural. I can talk to you from a scriptural standpoint, mm-hmm. but if I talk to you from a visual standpoint, or, okay. or from a or from a personal standpoint, would you understand what I was saying? Mm-hmm. Would it be easier for you to understand what I was trying to convey to you? The Lord told Moses, he said, I'm with you. Joshua, I'm with you. David, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. We know he was with Daniel, and we know that he was with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. But he told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. And I will give you the keys of heaven. I'm sorry, the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What is the revelation to Peter gaining such authority? That God was with him. No. Communication. Okay. It was his communication. You see, because Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Right. But my Father, which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, the Father is saying, because you are in contact with me, I'm going to give you the ability to do things that mere men can't do. Mm-hmm. Because you are in contact with me, I'm going to give you the ability to do things that people only dream you. of. Mm-hmm. And when the presence of the Lord makes contact with you, he has the ability to change the trajectory of your life forever. You see, after God's presence had come upon Peter, we saw Peter walk out of prison. Mm-hmm. We saw Peter's shadow. God was in Peter's shadow. People were being laid outside of the road. They were being healed. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you talk away, I can't. We saw the presence of God where he was speaking through Peter. And even in, in, the, um, in the very message to the church, people were added to it daily. Mm-hmm. They were added to the church daily. Mm-hmm. The presence of God has the ability to do something that nothing else can do. You and yourself, with all your knowledge, with all your understanding... Cannot do the what the presence of God can do, and I think that that's where we that's what we need to understand that when the presence of God is 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 true and at work in us, mm-hmm. it's not us who does the work, but it's the presence that does the work, because the presence is everything that we need, every moment that we need it. Mm-hmm. I think that God has really showed Himself. In a magnitude of ways down through scripture, from old even unto the New Testament. Um, he showed us his hand, he showed us his grace, he showed us his mercy, he showed us who he's had favor on, he showed us how he was able to deliver, mm-hmm. he showed us how he was how he was a uh, even generous enough. For the people had walked away from them. They had done worship their idols. They was doing this, that, and the third. But God has showed us his generosity, how he would even 
stop there to bring them back to himself. Mm. So the presence of God to me is everything we need when we need it and when we don't. Right. Most of the times we don't know that we need it. Right. And because we can't see it, we will allow it to pass us. But what I want, but I what I want the people to understand is that what you let pass could be the one thing that changes your life forever. Okay. I think um as I was as I was looking at the scriptures of the presence of God, um in Psalms fifty one and eleven, it says, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, I, I believe we have this misconception, like I said before, that God will not remove his presence from us, as you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's the de- most dangerous mindset we could have, is to just assume that God is with us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there are some things that will cause God to turn his face. You know, um, you know, even when you said that, there were times where he had to reassure Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Moses, I'm with you. I have a scripture for that. Moses, I'm with you. You know, he had to reassure him that I'm with you. Even though Moses could see everything that was going on. A lot of times... We never seek the reassurance that God is with us. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we just assume. We just assume that He is. Yeah, and in, in Moses and and um, God's conversation in Exodus thirty three and fourteen and fifteen, He says, "And He said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest." And that's what I was talking about. In His presence is rest. And Moses said, and He said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses is like, just carry me if <laughs> just carry me. If if you're gonna remove your press, just carry me through it. You know, and I just I it just makes me look at the scriptures. When I read things like that, it makes me remember and not assume that his presence is with me. You know what I mean? Because we just we just get so comfortable and passive with God that we end up fooling ourselves and deceiving ourselves. Yeah, because it's never God who deceives us. Because the wicked can't be in his presence. So if we're doing things that are wicked or evil, I don't care if it's half of the time, some of the time, one day out of the week, (laughs) without repentance, then you have to ask yourself, am I really in the presence of God? Does my lifestyle... Say that I am in the presence of God or that I can even go into the presence of God. 
by us doing things of that nature, mm-hmm. we leave room for God to turn his face away from us. We do. We do. And that that's the crazy part. In Second uh, Thessalonians 1 and 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? Who? The wicked wickedness, wicked people, <clears throat> evil. They, they don't go together. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they don't. But at the same time, when you look at, you know, we'll say, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. You know, I, 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 you know, God know my heart. That's what we say. Uh-uh. But he does know our heart. But the Bible says that the heart is wicked and deceitful. It is. Who can know it? That's right. But God say he tries that heart. Mm-hmm. He tries it. He tries it. He tries it. In other words, he turns it over and, and, and he work on it. He turn it over and he work on it. He turn it over and he work on it. So that, because that's what he deals with. He deals with the heart. He doesn't deal with the mind. He doesn't deal with all those other aspects. He deals with the heart. Mm-hmm. And in and, and in his that's what he desires to perfect. He says, So is a man thinking his heart, so is he. So he Wait a minute. I'm sorry. What? I hate to cut you off. Something you said just now. You said he doesn't deal with a mind. You have to renew your mind daily. That's 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 what you have to do. You have to go in, you have to read, you have to discipline your okay. mind to, to be able to receive what the word is saying. Mm-hmm. You the one have to work out your own soul salvation. Okay. But God deals with your heart. Because the heart of man is where he resides. And who 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 plays on the playground in your mind? The the enemy. He the one, he that's the right. one that's always projected images, throwing pro- projectiles in your mind, so so that you can just keep, so that you can stay stagnant, and so stuck. that you can stay stuck, so that you can stay out of the knowledge and understanding of God. Every man who comes into the knowledge and understanding of God, they shall be free. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that when God begins to deal with your heart, He really begins. What what He's saying is. I want to work with you. I want to partner with you. I want to do this with you, but you have to do it with me. Mm-hmm. I can't do it by myself, and I need you to work it. Yeah. Because I can't do everything mentally. That's right. You have to do everything mentally, but I'll do everything spiritually. That's right. You know, and, and I think that when, when we understand that the part that God plays and the part that we play, it's not an equal. It's, it's not equal. It's not mm-hmm. equal. Let's not make that mistake of saying, "Oh, God do God do stuff, but I do stuff too." Let's <laughs> let's let's not make what right. we do and what God does equal to one another. But everything that we do is important to what God does. Yes, absolutely. Um, Psalm sixty-eight and two says, "As smoke is driven away, so drive them away; as wax melted before the fire, so let the wicked perish." At the presence of God. You just can't come into God's presence. Any kind of way. Unless you're coming with a heart of repentance. 
and you're turning away from your wickedness and and any evildoers. You know, you, your heart has to change in order to come into the presence of God, yeah. or at least wanting to change. Let me say it like that. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've heard it say, oh, God don't hear sinners' prayers. Mm-hmm. But how can we be changed if He never heard us? That's right. You know, I think that when we don't understand who God is and how He wants all of us. Yes. To come to the knowledge of who he is. That's right. Come to the knowledge of who his son is. Mm-hmm. To become a believer. That's right. Then we don't understand the love of God. We don't understand his ability to reach in any place, into any valley, into any mountain. No matter how high you get, he can still reach you. No matter how low you get, he can still reach you. When we don't understand that he has the ability to do more than we could ever imagine. That's right. We lose sight of who he is and his ability. Well, I think we lost sight of who he is because of the entertainment and production of what we display as Christians and believers. And that's not that's not to say that those things don't have its rightful place. But if I'm looking at someone who is just coming into um, Christ and who is wanting to understand and who is wanting to change their heart and change their minds. We have to ask ourselves as believers, are we discipling or are we performing? Well, I think that we have to reach within ourselves and pour so much of God out. Exactly. That if there is production, it won't matter. Because what I'm giving is what's sustainable. That's right. That's right. And and, and if and if we can't give what sustains the people, we're not doing anything. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. And and that's and that's where I feel like the body of believers are now. It's it's we're at we're at a, a pivotable a pivoting point mm-hmm. where if we're not giving what God is pouring, we're not giving anything. Absolutely. What 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 can the people receive? It's 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 because it's not it's not man who can deliver them from anything. That's right. But it is God who delivers them from everything. And if we and if we're not giving if we're not giving enough God if we're not giving all the God that we got pouring ourselves out so that He can pour in us to give more to give more to give more then we are doing the people a disservice. That's right because He's not coming back for anything Jesus I'm talking about but His bride and. From what scripture tells me, that that bride is without spot or wrinkle. That's right. So when we talk about there's no perfect church, but what is he coming back for? A perfect church. A perfect church. So we have to be careful about even what we say and what we hear because if my scripture tells me he's coming back for his bride, 
his church without spot or wrinkle or blemish, then surely if I want to go into the kingdom of heaven and or if I want to be part of the body of Christ that is that Jesus is coming back for as his bride, then there's something about his scripture that tells me I can be without spot or wrinkle. He said, I will perfect those things that concern you. Right. He, he said, I, w- I will make you perfect for what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not that we can't be perfect. We can only be perfect in the thing that he perfects us in. Yeah, and perfect in, in the Bible, that word means mature. So we can't say that we can't be mature. We can't. <laughs> we cannot say that. You can mature. You you mature from a child, from from an adolescent, from a toddler, <laughs> from a teenager. Not to say that your mind changed at all, but there comes a level of maturity that you will reach. Rather, it may not be much, but there comes a level where you will mature at some point in time in your life. Everybody don't mature at the same time. They don't. And 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 a lot a lot of times we look at a physical maturity, right? When that's not what we need to be looking Mm-mm. at at all. Let me take some of this. We need to be looking at the spiritual maturity that God can afford us with. Yes. <laughs> My husband is having a hard time staying on the mic, and I can't hear him on the podcast. So, um, how do we come? How we are to come? There's some scriptures that I wrote down. Psalms 95 and 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. You, me, we, (laughs) us, we have something to be thankful for. Even if everything is not what we want it to be. We all have something to be thankful for. We do. You know if, what I if, mean? If, if, if it's simply the life. Yes. There, 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 there is no greater gift in it. There's, there, Lord, there's I no didn't die today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Life is, 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 is something that we can't get from anywhere else. We can't. Only him. Only the Father can give that. That's it. Thank you, Father. He is it. Um, in Psalms 16 and 11, thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That, that one sentence, thou will show me the path of life in that presence. So that means when I come into his presence, he's going to show me. He's going to show me the path that I need to be on. He's going to show me what's right for me and what's wrong for me. He's going to show me where I stand with him. He's going to show me the things of God. So in his presence, there's a reward. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a reward for being in his presence. Joy comes from being in the presence of God. True joy. I'm not talking about happiness. (laughs) True joy comes from being, is a result of having a true relationship with God and being in the presence of God. And I remember the first time I I felt God's joy. I remember how 
I was like, why am I, I described it as happiness because <laughs> I wasn't mature enough, but I was like, why am I so happy? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even that I can describe it as happiness. It was like, I was just full. I was just full of whether it was, it was joy. I know it was joy. Bubbling up. Bubbling. I mean, you just, it's like, you can't even help it. It's its just there. You didn't put it there though. <laughs> you didn't put it there. So when you go into his, into his presence, he will show you the path of life for those who um, seem to can't find their way. In Acts 3 and 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So there is a refreshing that you get from the presence of the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel refreshed? I do. I do. I, can you describe what being refreshed is like? A fresh shower. A what? A hot shower. <laughs> I'm talking about like a hot shower. Yeah, what? I'm talking about after a long day of work. After a long day of work, being refreshed to me is like a hot shower. Okay. You know, because right. it's 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 just like I don't want to say a washing over, but it's 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 for me, it's like at that moment, nothing else matters. Hmm. You know. At that moment, there's such a release. There's such a peace. Mm -hmm. You know, at that moment, it's, it's it's just like you could just release and let go. Mm -hmm. Can you release on that mic, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you without saying nothing. You ain't paying me no attention. <laughs> well, I, I think for me, the presence of God... It, it's almost like I get. That ain't what you said. You said a refreshing. A refreshing. I'm sorry. To be refreshed is almost like I get a new a, a, a boost of energy. There's a there's a there's an energy that I didn't get on my own. If I could say it that I way, and you. I really don't even like to use the word energy because of the new age stuff, but it's it's. You really feel, if you know how you feel when you get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you just got this extra energy, it's almost like that, but not quite because nothing compares to what God gives you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, James 4 and 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. In the sight of the Lord. Is where his presence is. Humble yourself. When we talked about that earlier. How you have to come humbly before God. Because. You can't. You're not just approaching anybody. You're approaching the throne. If you were to go to a castle. Or to a. Um, I don't know. Any king or queen. You're not just going to. Knock on the door and go in. <laughs> you 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 don't just hey I'm here, you know. There's a humbleness about you when you know who you are approaching. Are you humble? Yes. When you approach God. Yes. Um, because there 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 is something that, that 
I'm not going to say it from, I don't want to say it from that standpoint. But there's something that he has that I can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I come to him like a father mm-hmm. and not like a friend. You know, I come to him with reverence and not just like, what's up? <laughs> it, it, let me ask you a question because nowadays people call him daddy he's never been my daddy and that bothers me he, he's never been my, my daddy he, he, he's always been my father uh, natural people are daddies <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I bring that up because I mean, I, I I get what they're saying. I I, I because, understand because, because some people say it. Well, your daddy is always there, but God but is everybody not. Everybody doesn't God have a my, good daddy. Everybody doesn't have that good daddy. God has never been my daddy. Never. And so I think when we relate, and and I think that's another thing that I find wrong with um, believers today is when we try to uh, be too relatable and use words to substitute what the word says the word never called him daddy i don't care what translation you got i don't care how how um simple you might want to be i just do not and cannot go to him and say daddy I mean, if, if that if that worked if that if I, for you, then that that I can't I can't if say. If I nothing. relate him to my biological father, I can't compare the two. But I'm 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 just not one that's gonna relate to him, daddy, at all. <laughs> I'm coming he, to the he, he is he is my father. Mm-hmm. He is my father. He he is the one that I call on, the one that I lean on. I I I, I wasn't raised with a daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would never put him in a position to say you were never there for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's my father. Yeah, and that's how I treat him as such. Because your father will never leave you or forsake you. Um, one more scripture that I have: Ecclesiastes five and seven. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. That was a scripture that I ran across that made me think about my own prayer life. And it made me think about how Sometimes we can go to God with a whole bunch of words that mean nothing. And we can go to him with our to-do list. And this is what I need. And I need you to bring it back. (laughs) And this scripture will remind you. Now, in the uh, NLT version, it does say, be not rash basically making promises but in the king james says be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before god for god is in heaven and thou art upon the earth 
That means know your place. He sit here. <laughs> know he sit, your he, place. He sit in heaven. You sit on earth. Stay in your lane. You treat him just like that. <laughs> That's right. Then it says, therefore, let thy words be few. And I remember when I first began to speak in tongues, and I was just always speaking in tongues and doing all the talking. And he allowed me to do that for a season. But then there came a season where I have to be quiet for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe even the entire time. You have to be able to also sense the presence of God. Do you know when he's in the room? Do you know when he's not? Do you believe that he's he's heard your prayer? Or do you just hope that he has? Is there doubt when you come in the presence of God? Is there unbelief when you come into the presence of God? What is your tone? Not that we can't be honest, not that we can't say it how we feel it sometimes, because sometimes it's just like that. But at the same time, I pray that we are just wise enough and humble enough to come before our Father, who is in heaven, in the way that he desires for us to do so. And so that we may approach him with respect and in awe and that is it for me do you have anything i don't <laughs> okay you want to pray us out i will all right Lord heavenly father we thank you for another day another opportunity oh heavenly father we thank you for the life that you have given us, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for the word that you have given us. Lord God, we pray that the word that we have spoken here tonight, O Heavenly yes, Father, Lord. touches someone's heart, touches someone's mind. O Heavenly Father, let them know that you... <clears throat> that your presence is the only place they need to worry about. Your presence is the only place they need to seek. Your presence is the only place that they need to get rest, that they need to get refueled, that they need to get filled with joy and hope and laughter and everything that this world needs for them to have. Lord God, your presence is greater than anything that we can ever receive on our own. Your presence is greater than anything we can ever acknowledge that is able to do anything outside of what yes. we are able to do. Thank so, Lord God, tonight we give you thanks. Thank we you, give Father. you praise. Thank we you. give you glory. Thank we you. give you honor yes, for your presence, O oh Heavenly Father. Yes, Help us to walk in it even the more and uphold your statues. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.